This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with Greg. He's back in New York and he's actually at work. Greg, say hello. Hey, buddy. So, you're calling in from your job. Pretty good employee. I should, I should, well, it, it is my dinner break, so I am, uh, I'm not necessarily on the clock. So, you're making the sacrifice to be here with us, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, man. I make priorities between 7 and 8 o'clock. Right. Record Blue Shirts Breakaway, and then eat, a, eat in under three minutes, like a disgusting slob, and go back to work. Oh, you think I'm, gonna, I'm not eating? What are you next? Oh, you're not eating? I'm not going out. No, here's the thing. I don't have a work ID yet, so I can't get in and out of the building without someone letting me in, and I don't want to go through the process of someone letting me in at 8 o'clock at night. So, huh. I just ate, I ate before I got here. Okay. All right. So, you made the sacrifice. I did not have, I did not have a hot dog. Okay, all right. Hot dog's not a sandwich. All right, so on this podcast today, we're going to talk a little bit about goalie controversy in the Rangers, if you can call it that. Uh, we'll discuss that to the, to the brink. We'll talk a little bit of injury news with Rick Nash, which there is none, so I talked about that now. Uh, he'll be back sometime this week. We're going to bring our good friend Jeff on to talk about the Devils game later on, and we're going to answer a bunch of questions from uh, some listeners on Reddit and Twitter. How's that sound? Sounds good to me, boss. Let's start this way. Were you surprised when AB started Ronta for the second game in a row? When they, when Ronta yeah. came in for the Blackhawks game in a back-to-back, how shocked were you? Scale 1 to 10. Uh, eight and a half? I would say I was about a 9. Uh, I was flabbergasted. And it's not because... I know Ronta's played well. You know, I'm not, I'm not in denial of that. But Hank, in my mind, has always been uh, exactly what he is. Hank, you know, a legendary goalie. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, who is a surefire thing and does have his, his sketchy periods that he goes through, usually in the beginning of the season, but right now he's going through one. 
Uh, and when AV started Ranta, who is as hot as all get out right now, I literally sat back in my hotel room and was just floored. No, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's so much that AV should absolutely be playing who he thinks right now is the absolute best player at each position. And right now, it'd be impossible to argue the fact that Henrik Lundqvist having a better season than Antti Ranta. He's not. Ranta has been playing out of his mind. He was the number two star of the last week, and you can make a case that he should have been number one. He went 3-0. and He left one goal. He stopped 62 of 63 shots. My problem with the move isn't so much that Ranta is playing over hate. It's that if you're going to make the example of holding players accountable, it seems awfully weird that you're starting with one course and you're not starting with someone like Dan Girardi or Kevin Klein, two higher-priced veterans that simply have been playing worse, arguably, than Lundqvist ever has, and they're included in the lineup each and every night. So it's kind of Some, predicting yourself. It's by weird saying, how this podcast always gonna, gets back. Sorry, sorry, go on. Well, it's, just, it's, 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 a con- it's a contradiction to say we're going to play the hot hand, we're going to play the best lineup, we're going to put the best players on the ice every night. Uh, it's just really weird to use that on Lundqvist and not use that on Danny And this podcast always comes back to Clendenning, which, by the way, Clendenning liked one of our tweets last week when we said you should play. Hey, a little bit of, little bit of noticing the blue shirts there. Uh, so that was no, nice. No, this, this, this was beyond Clendenning, because, you know, you can make the case that Clendenning isn't even the guy that should be playing in the lineup as a defenseman. It's, it's just if you're going to hold players accountable, you have to hold every player accountable. And the Rangers should have been holding their defensive players accountable from the start of the season. It should have been, um, if, if you're playing well, you're playing. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. Uh, that's what he's doing right now with Lundqvist and Ranta, and it's fine. Like, of itself, Antti Ranta right now is playing unbelievable hockey. He should be playing every game because he's not letting in any goals. But if you're going to use that philosophy for your star player, your franchise, your cornerstone, Henrik Lundqvist, it doesn't make any sense that you're not using it on other parts of the team and that you're running out the same six defensemen every night when that is your biggest weakness, that's your biggest problem, and that's the area of the team you should really be focusing on fixing. Well, that being said, the defense hasn't really been as much of an issue recently. I mean, I guess in the Islander game, they were pretty tough. Um, I guess the Blackhawks, I guess Ranta did make, end up making, I don't know, at least six miraculous saves that I thought were very high-level saves. So uh, I guess you you are right in that in that case, but I, also the point is we don't have the option. There's no one we're you know we'd have to go out and make a trade uh, one of our forwards right now to get a defensive option, and the market as we've said is inflated. We don't even have the forwards to trade right now because frankly we're beat up and injured. Like we're a lot of next men up. So in this situation, Ranta is playing better, and we have that option. In de- in defensemen, our our option is just Clendenning. That's it. That's all we have. Like that's you it. Know, you you can you can easily bring someone else up from Hartford and give someone else a shot, like the Rangers like, have been doing with like Ryan Graves Ravik and Jensen or anyone like John Gilmore, uh, Graves. You there are plenty of options. It's a matter of playing guys to see if they're any good and see if they sink or swim. It's it's the same thing. It's not like when the Rangers acquired Hansi Ranta, they knew they were getting this stud bully that was going to be able to challenge Henrik Lundqvist for playing time. They got off Toronto because he was a backup goalie. The Rangers have backup defense on their team and in Hartford. If they so 
chose to give him a shot over a Dan Girardi, who is the definition of below replacement level, or Kevin Klein, who's been, with the exception of the last couple of games, um, a dumpster pile that's been lit on fire by six different teams. He's been very, very bad. Uh, gasoline. Yes. He's been bad. So you, you just try things until they work, and that's, this should be what the Rangers are doing. But instead, at least defensively, their AV is saying, these are my six guys, I'm going to play these six guys until one of them gets hurt or can no longer do it. Uh, and then I'll try Clem Denning, and then if Clem Denning doesn't work, I'm going to go back to my six guys. He's not, they're not being creative defensively. Whereas they're being creative between the pipes. Uh, and again, I think the goalie controversy, it's just really weird that Henrik Lundqvist is playing so poorly and Antiranta is playing the exact opposite of Lundqvist that he should be playing every night. But at the same time, if you're going to play the hot hand, it doesn't make any sense that you're not rotating your defensive players in or out. It make it just one contradicts the other. You can't be saying, AV is saying, we're playing the hot hand, that's what we're doing, that's what winning teams need to do. And then at the same time, refuse to play the hot hand. The thing is, there's no. Uh, my point here is, there's no hot hand. Like, there's no one in in the in the minor leagues of the AHL that's really ripping it up right now. Ranta is hot. Like, guy's fire. Like, it's it's obvious that he's playing better than Longquist right now. Uh, he's got back to back shots. He's got back to back shots. He's the first Ranger to do it since 2003. Like, okay, but Ryan, what you're saying is there's no hot hand because you're not. It's like you were dealt a 14, and you're like, well, I'm not going to get a 7 next, so I'm not even going to hit the next card. You hit the next card seeing what it is, seeing if it's going to be better than what you have now. A little bit of preview when, of this weekend for us. Yeah, you can't stand Pat. The Rangers, are spending, the, the Rangers are just not hitting on anything. They're not willing to shake up the team at all, whereas that's what they need to be doing, because I, we're going to record an episode every Monday night, and every Monday night I'm going to say there's a problem with the defense, and Bill... The Rangers address that problem with the defense. That problem doesn't go away. Can you at Basically, least? That's exactly what it is. Can you at least say that Nick Holden of recent has been a better player? Nick Holden of recent has been a better player. Well, it's also you know he might be a two now, and when you start as a zero and you're now a two, that is <laughs> by definition better. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I I thought he's played pretty well of, of these last couple games. He's made some. Uh, he's, he's been fine now that he's not playing on his weak side anymore. He's been a significantly better player, and he is not the problem defensively that he was at the beginning of the season. It doesn't hurt that he scored I, I the mean, overtime goal there, so that kind of no, ups, his, ups his street cred a little bit with the Ranger fans. I just I do take umbrage with you and with anyone else that says, well, there's nothing else the Rangers can do defensively. There's plenty else the Rangers can do defensively. It's just them not wanting to be creative about it, and casual fans saying, well, these are six guys, these are who you're going to go with. No, that's not how it works. If you have a problem you try and fix that problem by any means necessary. And if that means if John Gilmore or uh, Ryan Graves haven't exactly been burning it up in Hartford, you still get, it's not like Merrick Rivick was burning it up in Hartford or Nicholas Jensen. Those guys were middling. Hartford's been bad this year. Yeah, they haven't been awful, bad. actually. Awful uh, is the word you were looking for. But, Are you surprised? But that one, oh. Well, that, that, I'm just saying, like you brought two guys up in Hartford that were playing spectacular hockey. You put them on the third line, all of a sudden they're making a significant impact for the Rangers. I'm not saying that's going to happen with everybody you bring up, but if you bring up people and give them a shot, it creates opportunity for players that otherwise wouldn't have it, and it could bring their games up, and it could bring up the games of the guys they're replacing in the lineup. Like maybe Dan Girardi, maybe Dan Girardi would play better. One, if he has some rest, and two, if he feels like his job is threatened. I'm if actually he feel like his job is threatened. 
he's not going to really do anything different. I'm pretty surprised because we said in the beginning of the year that we were hoping that Dan Girardi would get a lot of rest this year, especially we could rotate him. But it, it seems like they haven't rested him almost at all. Um, maybe uh, two no, games. Which makes, which once again makes AB's comments about we're going to play the hot hand. We, we need to get guys rest where we need to get rest. AB talks the talk and he never walks the walk. That's just who he's been, especially this season. It's getting, it's honestly getting frustrating as a fan. It's funny because we're we're getting frustrating and this team has forty one points. It's you know cool. we're 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 upset. This team's twenty nine and one. This yeah. is it's it's better than my wildest dreams. And by the way, wait, you mean wait? Did you did you say twenty nine and one? I don't think we've lost one game this year. So we lost a few more than that. Twenty nine and one. Twenty nine and one. So like one overtime loss. Oh, sorry. Twenty win. Twenty nine. Yeah, that's correct. Sorry about that. Um, and I want to just, just bring this up right now, and I let's see what I, you say about this. The Flyers have won nine in a row. Yeah. So this division is by far the best in hockey right now. We right now have five teams over 37 points. Everyone's on a win streak, right? Of all of those five teams, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Flyers, the Blue Jackets, and the Capitals, everyone's on a win streak of three or higher, and we're the lowest at three. So, you know, we thought or I at least thought that this would be a, a safe place for us to get a playoff spot. But I can't honestly think that even the Islanders who are at 27 points are in the basement of this division are six, three and one in their last 10. So it's, it's going to be a race to the end. I thought this was going to be a sure playoff spot for us, but I just, I just don't see it anymore. I think the lightning could really pick up. And if, if we falter with all these injuries, I'm going to start getting nervous. All right. We're not even halfway through the season. You can't be using the P word thinking that things are going to go swimmingly or poorly or they're, they're not even up to 40 games yet. No, I know. Right. We're third, we're third way through. I, listen, I like to look at the future. That's what I do. But, uh. Relax. Relax. Listen, so right Relax. now we got to fight through these, these injuries we have going on. Rick Nash has a groin injury. He'll, he'll be back soon, supposedly this week at some point. Uh, Bushnevich is, is skating, but no, no news on when he's coming back. Supposedly JT Miller has an injury, but we'll play. Tomorrow, uh, as of as of right now, Monday night when we're recording, uh, I believe VC is uh, coming back or has come back already. So he also is playing through an injury. So right now the team's a little banged up, and the heart and souls of this team, you know, really need to take us forward. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna touch on before we move on to the upcoming games? Um, not really. I mean, the Jarius move was interesting in terms of we were talking about how injured the Rangers are and they put a healthy forward that has shown some promise on a cheap contract on waivers and obviously Jarrett didn't go through. He got claimed by the Coyotes picked him up immediately. Coyotes. Yeah. So it, it I mean it, it's interesting that the Rangers, as injured as they are, are tossing away it's not to say that Josh Jarrett necessarily is, you know He's not a road burner. That yeah. No, but I mean he's on a cheap contract, he has played well at times for the Rangers. I know A.B. wasn't happy with his uh, performance in the last Rangers win. The 2-1 win against the Jets, I believe. Right. I think that was his last game with the Rangers. A.B. wasn't pleased, but I mean, it, it, it does seem odd that you're basically tossing aside a healthy forward at a time where there's no Mika, uh, Hayes, I mean, Miller is dealing with an injury. Kreider's been dealing with injuries. Buchnevich is two weeks away. 
Uh, Nash isn't coming back no sooner than the Stars game, I don't think, this week. So, questionable. But at the same time, I'm not going to, just like I didn't, I refuse to get upset about Matt I refuse to get upset about Jerry's. Not Fine. Really. Fine. Don't get upset about it. I'm a little upset, but I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and cry about it. Of these next four games, so I'm going to tell you our upcoming schedule right now. Right now we have today, as of this podcast coming out, Tuesday, December 13th, is versus the Blackhawks. Thursday we go to the Stars, and then we do a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday at the Predators, and then at home for another game versus the Devils. Uh, how many of these games does Ronta start? Uh, well, I think he's definitely starting Tuesday. I'd be stunned if he wasn't. Um, and then I think, I honestly think if Ronta gets burnt on Tuesday, if the Rangers give up four goals, I would expect Hank back in the next game. If the Rangers give up two or less, I would, it's going to be a game to game thing. I think as long as Ronta is dominating teams and only giving up two goals or less a game, he's just going to keep playing. Hank's going to get a start this week because there's a back-to-back, but I mean, there's a chance that, you know, Hank only starts one game this week, which is crazy. Absolutely mind-blowing, and I kind of had it at three. I think Hank starts the Predators game, and that's where I'm at. So, uh, as long as Ronta keeps riding this hot hand and we keep winning with him, and he's playing out of his mind, I just don't see that changing for now. So, let's go... uh, before we move on to our, our interview, I do want to talk about, our, of course, our recurring segment, National Holidays. So the Blackhawk game is National Ice Cream Day. Greg, why is National Ice Cream Day in December? Uh, I got a hot take for you. Go ahead. Or a cold take, I guess you could say. Oh, wait. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> uh, I, I like eating ice cream more when it's cold outside than I do in snow. That's a little bit of a hot take. But I, I don't. I, I, think, I don't necessarily think, disagree with you. I think ice cream's good three six five all day. But uh, it, it feels like yeah, never. I'm never like fuck. I have ice cream. Damn, I hate everything. Uh, but I will say it's weird to have it in December. I, I, I get it in like maybe March. I don't know. Uh, December fifteenth, we go to uh, we go to the stars in Dallas. It's National Regifting Day. Who puts National Regifting Day before Christmas? Really? Well, you got to put something under the tree, though. Oh, come on. You re-gift after you get the gifts. Well, um, well I'm re-gifting you this week, and I'm very excited. Oh, you're, you're... not my secret fan. Okay. By I the way, I have all our listeners, uh, Greg and I will be at Mohegan Sun this weekend if you want to come say hello. Message us on Twitter. We'll wave. Um, yeah. And I yeah. thank you for giving, re-gifting me. I'm very excited about that. Then It's not technically re-gifting you because I, it's not like I got it as a gift, but... Uh, I'm very excited for <laughs> something you have that you will give me. Great. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That sounds, yeah, great. Wonderful. Saturday, we're going to Nashville. I'll uh, play the players. And this, this is my one of my favorite national holidays, Greg. National Maple Syrup Day. Are you kidding me? What a holiday. You know how much maple syrup I'm going to put up pancakes on Saturday when we're hungover? From uh, uh, hanging out? From uh, what the eleventh frame? I think that's the name. The, ele- the eleventh frame. Every day at Mohegan Sun, we go, but we go bowling. The eleventh frame. They do brunch and bowling. Very wonderful time. It's awesome. There's it's, no time better than brunch and bowling. It's pretty great, actually. I you're hungover, you can't throw a ball. It's pretty wonderful. And then Sunday, at home versus the Devils. Hopefully a repeat of this week's game. It's are you? This is one of the most ridiculous ones of the entire year. It might be the leader. National. Wear a plunger on your head day. So listen, you got to wear a plunger on your head. You got to do what you do to get a win. You got to wear a plunger on your head. That's what you got to do. 
That's it. So those are the national days of the week. I know you guys are excited about that. Uh, I think we're going to move on to our interview at this point in time. And by that, I mean interview. We're going to talk shit with our friend Jeff, who's a Devils fan. Probably rag on him a little bit. And then uh, we're going to answer a bunch of questions with him from you guys on Twitter and Reddit. Jeff, are you there? I'm here. Wow, that was such a seamless transition. I'm, and I didn't even cut it. Thanks for being here, buddy. Uh, as you know, the Rangers played the Devils on uh, on Sunday. It was a little bit of a tough time for you, I'm assuming. Uh, can I get your reaction off off the cuff? Um, yeah, my initial reaction is I don't like losing to the Rangers, but oh, wow. this that the way they played last night that was so typical of probably like the last ten or twelve games that they played this season. Uh, it's definitely not a surprising result to me. I would have liked to get, you know, a goal or two on the board. I was hoping for Hall to kind of show up. But uh, it looks like nobody on the team showed up. So there we have it. Overall this season, how have your impressions of the Devils team been? So you guys right now have 30 points. Um, how has Taylor Hall played for you? Has that trade been working out appropriately? Um, I mean, he's he's been great. He's been just as advertised. He's like the point for game point-per-game player right now. Um, also, as advertised, he missed a few games due to an injury, but quickly was able to turn that around. Uh, I think he only missed, like, you know, seven or eight games. Um, no, I, I mean, no complaints on the side of Hall. You know, his defense could probably be a little better, but he's putting up the points that he was supposed to. Um, as far as his trade goes, I think Larson's leaving us a little thin on the defensive side. There's a lot of the problems that I have with the team right now. It's just defense and, you know, controlling the puck and, you know, having a net front presence. Jeff, are you saying you don't like your boy Damon Tavisky? I, uh, I'm not in love with him right now. Um, <laughs> he, he's got a bunch of assists on the year. I think he's a, a good point. Good for a top five on the team, but um, not really holding it together on the defensive side. You want Dan Girardi? We can give you Dan Girardi. Yeah, we'll give you Dan Girardi right now. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd be willing to work with him. I mean, it's, there's so much of a load on Green now that he doesn't have, you know, that strong defensive presence of Adam Larson at his side. You know, Severson's kind of more offensive. Um, and I know, like, plus minus is kind of a bullshit stat. And what? No, Jeff, ways. not you. But I, I think in certain situations that, um, you know, it, it does highlight something. So, like, Green and Severson are both partners and share the ice, you know, I would say 90% of the time. Severson is a minus 11 on the year, and Green's a minus 4. So, like, not really sure what's going on there. I think there's a large load on, on Green to kind of support him. Uh, and I think it's showing in the way they, you know, handled the possession this season. How has Corey Schneider been playing for you overall? And are you, is he, do you still consider him a top 2 or top 3 goalie? I mean, he's not, he's not playing like, you know, top two or three or even top five goalie this year just because, you know, other guys in the league are really kind of standing on their head. Um, so Nick screams out to me in that point. Um, but he's just, he's been facing so many more shots and so many more bad shots this season that it's kind of hard for him to make all those saves. Um, like the Devils, I think, have been outshot in like the past 11 games this season and notably, like in a few of the last five where, you know, they're just getting out shot by like 19 or 20 um, shots a game sometimes, and it's just too much for him to handle. Yeah, you can't handle and it. even if somebody's going to be standing on their head, like, these pucks are going to go into the net. They're just, it's really getting out of hand. 
on all podcasts. More importantly, how is uh friend of the podcast Keith Kincaid been doing this year? Keith's been Keith's been good. Um he's I think he was in for one of those twenty goal uh twenty shot differential games against Nashville. Um but no, he he's been exactly what we wanted to be. He's a service of the backup. I mean he's been playing really well. You can notice he worked on a lot of things in the off season, particularly like his stick handling, um, inside and outside of the crease. Um, like things like poke checks like that and playing the puck along the boards. Um, but I I really don't put any of this on, you know, the play of the goals. I think I think the team as a whole is just kind of disjointed right now. Um, not happy with a lot of the line combinations and then just sloppy handling of the puck overall, especially in like the last five. So, I think you guys saw that a lot last night. Yeah, we really did. Uh, it was it was pretty wonderful, to be honest. I had a great time. Uh, now, I've been on the other side of that Devil's Beatdown, uh, I believe, two or three times last year, and it is not fun. This Sunday's game, what adjustments do you expect the Devils to make, if any? I I mean, based on the way Heinz has been going lately, I don't expect much to change. Hopefully, he's just kind of seeing how everything goes together. Um, I would like to see some shaking up of the lines. I don't understand why Taylor Hall is not playing next to Travis Jack like he was before he got injured and kind of on a tear. Um, maybe they like what they saw with Camilleri and Zajac while he's out because Camilleri kind of took off. Um, but I don't I don't think that the lines that are right now are really working too well. And I honestly hope T.A. Tarantino gets benched sometimes. Right. So do you... Let me put it this way. How confident are you that you could beat Ante Ranta on Sunday? <laughs> if, if we play the game that they they were playing earlier in the season, um, the type of style that they were, they were winning a lot of puck battles along the board. They weren't leaving these pucks like, right outside the crease on a rebound from Corey to get just swept into the net. Um, they had some really shitty net front presence on defense where I can't tell you how many goals this season and just, you know, Kind of a soft rebound, just sitting in the crease. We got two bodies around it, but nobody's pushing anybody off the puck. And it was very similar to like the period goal last night, where it's just, you know, he makes the initial save and then nobody's there to, you know, defend against somebody coming in and just poking the puck into the net. Right. Um, I'm under yeah. the impression. Uh, yeah. Oh, go, go on. Sorry about that. Well, I just, you talked about, I know you were listening to us since you were creeping and muted on our phone call. Um, 34 through 28 games. Not, not really terrible for the Devils. Kind of, I think you'd probably be maybe a little disappointed in that total, but how oppressive does it feel to be in the Metropolitan with 30 points and know that you're seven points back in fifth? Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty depressive. I mean, I expected Pittsburgh and Washington and you guys to be up there. Um, not fun watching Philadelphia win nine straight. And then also Columbus, I think, is on like a six-game winning streak right now, too. So hopefully they'll come back down to earth. I mean, Philly was in the mix last year. They made the playoffs. So, I mean, it's not super surprising. They've gotten goaltending. I think they got a shutout by some guy they just called out the other night. Um, But, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule and the results so far. The Devils have only played four Metro games this season, and two of them were against Carolina. Um, the other ones being, uh, obviously last night and then one more against Pittsburgh. So even though there's that difference in the teams that are in the division, we still haven't played them yet. Um, and those are the games where you would really make up those points very easily. 
Um, so I'm not super depressed by that. He told me in the offseason we'd have 30 points through 28 games. I'd be, you know, probably not too thrilled with it, but also not too disappointed. I mean, it's, it would be continuing that pace would be less than we were last season, um, but there would probably still be room to make up for that. Um, they've just been shitty, really. Lately. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> no, but I mean, look at where they're getting the points from. Yeah, we have 30 points, but I think we have what, six, you know, extra points from overtime of their 12 wins, only six of them were in regulation. Like, that doesn't make me feel, like, super great. Yeah. I mean, because, like, I'm looking at other teams that have 15, 16 wins right there with us in standing, and, like, we're getting all our points off the losses. So even, like, those are easy points to pick up, too, so we could be that close. But um, they're not really dominating these games. I, 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 I saw that. I don't watch the Devils often, as you can imagine, but it did seem that way against the Rangers. Um, well, I, I mean, if you watched the game last night, that's exactly how they played. They probably had, you know, five or six. Save for the one win they had against Vancouver. It's just every every puck battle they're losing, they cannot handle a forecheck to save their lives. You don't even have to do much, and they just won't know where to pass it. Um, and then you get a turnover in the neutral zone. And yeah. then, like, the net front net front presence I said before, it's just they're giving up too many easy goals, not goals that, you know, Corey necessarily needs to save because somebody should be there, you know, in the defensive position, but, you know, just a little stick tap and it's right in the crease. I noticed that when Zook was putting the forecheck on, you guys were really having a hard time dealing with it, and I was I was surprised oh how God. effective and, it was. And then the pass right up to Kreider. Yeah, it was brutal. Like, that's, that's exactly typical of that. Can I... You know, uh, working the puck along the board, one on two, <laughs> and then boom, right into the slot, and it's in the back of the net. I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we're going to move on to questions because we're living on time due to Rick, I mean, Greg actually working right now. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so what did you think about the penalty called against Kreider when I forget who hit him into Schneider? And did you think that was Kreider's fault of him of him falling in? Because Kreider is notoriously, you know, a goalie killer, as, as he's known on most hockey forums. I mean, obviously not many of those calls are going to go against Kreider's, uh, I'm sorry, are going to go for Kreider. Because of his reputation, and then if the, the ref doesn't see the play, and then he looks up and he's got yelling, "Oh, okay, this guy just the man and Kreider pulling the gun to the box." Um, I didn't think it should have been a penalty. Obviously, he was very clearly pushed into Corey. It might have been a makeup for having to take away the goal before, even though I agree that it was kicked in. Well, not necessarily that he was trying to kick it in, but he was trying to kick the puck to his stick. Right. He so was. that's still the yeah. kicking motion, and it just kind of went in. You can tell by how hard he was trying to put, you know, stick on the pocket that was trickling over yep. that he knew he needed to touch it. Um, uh, I mean, those, those plays happen where you get the, you know, you're going to get the shit under the stick just because you're trying to be around the net. I think as a result of what happened with Carey Price the other day, they're trying to police that more. Um, guys getting extra shots in on the goal and stuff like that. I'm surprised if you guys haven't brought that up. Yeah, speaking of Carey Price, Jeff, uh, how, how are you feeling that? Um, a little salty the night of. Um, honestly, oh. I'm a little. Yeah, I mean. Do you guys want to get some context for people that are, are out of the loop here? People that are on the loop, like, like me. Um, so Palmieri was on a semi breakaway. Okay. Um, and he tried to do a power move towards the net, and he crashed into Carey Price. Um, recently after the Devils scored one, you know, kind of, you know, getting in on Price a little close to put the puck in. Um, and he took exception to that, and Palmieri was laying on the ice, and he just blocker right to the back of the head and then a few more shots to the rim as 
uh, other Montreal players trying to just drag him off so he doesn't get the shit beat out of him. That was a pretty wonderful watch, to um, be honest. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I was texting Greg at the time. I wasn't even like upset about it. It's like, oh, oh shit! Like you just hit him in the back of the head. Like I don't, I don't know what to say. It was kind of badass, but um, two cheap shots. I don't mind the initial one. You don't have to do it to the back of the guy's head. Um, at least you know he was just push him or something like that because it could get kind of dangerous because he doesn't know what's coming. Um, I have no problem for him standing up for himself. I, but, you know, should he have been thrown out of the game? He's a star player in Montreal. The game's in Montreal. I don't, I don't There's no way he's going, like, man. There's no yeah, way. There's no and, way. And you don't want to, you know, come out of a loss and be like, oh, if only the, their best player had been thrown out of the game, we would, we would have had a chance. Like, you never want to come off like that. All right, we're going to move on to I, our I questions. At, oh, I've that losses like that before. Yes. I'm actually more pissed at Palmieri. He tries that move, like, once a game, and it has never worked this entire season. The, my favorite time using that, if, if player X was thrown out of a game, the result would have been different. Roger Clemens threw a fucking bat at Mike Gazzard. There's a mess in game two of that World Series. It's a really different World Series. We don't have enough and time. We don't have enough time for this. I, I hate to play host and, and comp things down, but you, you got to go. Look, so. You don't get it. He thought it was a ball. It was a terrible excuse because this isn't dodgeball. Oh my god! Right. This is not 2001. I can't do this. Um, it, it was the year 2000, by the way. Yeah, we were still we were still talking about it 2001. Anyway, I'm still talking about it 2016. I know that's my point, Jeff. I know we sent you two questions from one of our, uh, our our Reddit thread. So if you can get those up and look them up while I go over these first questions, that'd be great. Um, first of all, first question of the night: Goalie drama is an interesting phrase. How would you categorize it? Is it more like a crime drama? The Departed, a drum, a dramedy like Mash, a teen drama like Pretty Little Liars, or none of the above, or all of the above, and that's from Man of Many Spoons on Reddit. Um, it feels very Pretty Little Liars to me, if you ask. That was that one. That one hit home because it's it's not really drama. It's kind of created. Like all he really is doing is playing the hot hand, which is not dramatic. Um, so it, it kind of feels like a fabricated drama that teenagers can get really excited about and take hard sides and create weird theories and different. Yeah, like does Lundqvist really hate Ranta? No, Lundqvist understands he's playing like shit, so he's not exactly angry that Ranta's getting playing time when Ranta stops sixty-two or sixty-three goals over a three-game stretch against very good teams in the Jets, the Blackhawks, and. Uh, devils. So, I mean, the Devils are what the Devils are, but I still think back-to-back shutouts is hard to accomplish in this day and age. Next question. Can you discuss how and why our power play is actually working? And that's from Jedi Master Chief on Reddit, a longtime listener and longtime uh, contributor to this podcast. I can say something about this. You'll notice that on our power play, we used to be pretty passive. Even I remember I went to the Senators game. I think we had three or four power plays that game. And uh, on the ice, we made about five to six passes before we took a shot. Now we're taking way, shots way quicker. As soon as we get any sort of look, we're just flinging it at the net. Uh, we're way more aggressive, and we're, we're not trying to get the perfect shot. We're just trying to create the opportunity. And if you do you disagree with that at all, Greg? No, the power play is working because the Rangers are finally taking shots. Yeah, right? That's exactly how I feel, too. They're not playing pancakes on the on the outside trying to find the perfect shot. They're just peppering the nets with attempts, which is what you have to do to score on an odd man in the situation. What, what you got to do to get the puck in the net, eh? Uh, you, 
Next question. You probably saw Juris was claimed by the Coyotes. What I don't know if you've seen is how our old friend Anthony Duclair is playing this year. Well, spoiler alert, he's not been great. Does that change your opinion on Yandel at all? That's from MakeItNashy61 on Reddit. No. Uh, I still don't think it was a wise and smart trade by the Rangers. I'm pulling up Duclair's stats as I say this. Well, uh, I've been yeah, more critical that, on the Yandel trade, and I, I, I'm still not defending it. He's, he's not been great this year. Uh, 25 games, 4 points. He's seeing about 13 minutes of ice time in game. His shot percentage is not great. Uh, but at the same time, he's 21 years old. He's not going to be 22 until next August. I would still much rather have Anthony Duclair. And Duclair in this offense this year would be dynamic. He'd be, like, better than Bukmovich in my mind for what he would be able to do for the Rangers. He has to so, create his own offense in Arizona. He has to be the guy. Yeah, I, like, people have to stop I him. Think he's, stuck, he's stuck in a shitty situation. That's Duclair's problem. Uh, he would be much better on the Rangers this year than he would be on the Coyotes. And my opinion of that trade is just never going to trade. It's never going to change. I'd, I'd rather have Duclair now uh, over, well, no, I'd rather have Duclair now over Yanda, even with how shitty our defense is. And uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the trade when it happened in the first place. Same. I'm with you all the way. Jeff, did you find those questions at all? I found one question that Greg sent me, but he says it's like six questions. And I think you kind of touched on it before in terms of the uh, the Hall Larson trade. Okay. Uh, am I reading the question? Yeah, just read the question. I know who it's from. All right. So- uh, it says, how do you feel about the progress uh, New Jersey is making, and how do you feel about Larson all trade now that we're a few months into the season? Oh, okay. Uh, he goes on to say, since I don't follow the Devils at all, where are they right now? Team, et cetera, et cetera. That was from um, Keener, and uh, he's a longtime listener of the show, and I know that we pretty much touched on all that, but if you want to elaborate on anything else, let me know. Um, I'll, I'll address the part that I really didn't touch on too much, which is the progress that they're making. Um in Hines' second season with the team, I think he's doing an okay job. He doesn't have, you know, the greatest roster to work with, especially on the defensive end. Uh, but I think Shiro's made a lot of really good moves to bring that talent here to kind of make it a more desirable, you know, free agent destination and uh, try and draw more players here via trade and stuff like that. Um, I think the Hall large trade is something that you definitely have to make. Um, I just would want to see them improve on last year. They were kind of, you know, above where they were supposed to be. Um, and Palmieri and Henrik having 30 goal seasons was fantastic, but they're, you know, they're kind of a little bit lower on that piece this time. Halt's in a great addition, but, you know, as you saw in the game last night, it's just like this possession, you know, it's just gotten them the past, you know, uh, you know, five, six, seven games. I mean, they've been outshot in like 11 straight. That's completely ridiculous. And many of those by double digits. Um, so definitely something that they need to work on. I think that they can. They have been resilient. They had, you know, like two, three goal comebacks against Toronto and Nashville within like a week of each other, which was just awesome to watch. Uh, but you don't want to see them get in those holes. And I think, you know, that's something that the team as a whole really needs to do. So it's not just going to be one player or one thing. It's going to be the whole team. Right. Okay. Well, that's. Um... More than I should ever know about the Devils, but thank you for that. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, uh, on to our next question. Okay, and that was, once again, that was from our uh, listener, Keatner, that question. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions in a long time. A magic genie appears with the strangest set of rules ever, and he states he will grant you only one of the following wishes. Which do you choose? 
The first one. He would convince Bob Murray to trade the Rangers, Hampus Lindholm, straight up for Dan Girardi. Number two. Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and the entire cabinet will magically disappear, and the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast will be in charge of naming the replacements. That's dangerous. And number three. Margot Robbie will decide she wants to be a full-time contributor to the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. I have something to tell you guys. I'm looking out for me. I think Margot Robbie would definitely be a full-time contributor to this podcast. Just saying. Uh, just saying. It helped me a lot. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm doing option number two, and uh, you know what? Bobby Valentine would still be my ambassador in Japan. <laughs> so, nothing would really change, is what you're saying. I mean, I... Even there wouldn't be Donald Trump. That'd be nice, but right. Bobby V is still my Japanese ambassador. Still your guy. One hundred percent. Okay, I, that's still. I, I can't believe that's real. By the way, I forgot that was real until you said it right now. Uh, man of the year, Bobby Valentine. So I, I would say, for me personally, Margot Robbie would be on this podcast almost every week because you know what? A little bit of wet the beak there for me. A little bit of helping me out. Get to chat with chat with a lovely lady. Hang out with the guys. Uh, so that that's uh Drew from Drew Way on Twitter, and thank you for that question. I believe we have uh, two or three more, and I, I do want to save a bunch of questions for next week. You know, you guys asked, we got a lot more questions than we expected, I would say. So if you didn't hear your question this week, most likely you're going to hear it next week. I got two more. Or let's do three more real quick. Can you speculate on the reasons why our our team, the Rangers, perform like Greek hockey gods when our backup goalie is in? And that's from Talquist. Talquist. Talquist? I can't say your name, buddy. I'm sorry. You're from Reddit also. Uh, I think it's I would think it has something to do with just a team mentality that Henry Glundquist has been a god for the last nearly a decade. So you can take more chances in the defensive zone because you have a safety net behind you, whereas Rontos more of an unknown. You're kind of protecting him. You're trying to protect him more than you would someone like Hank or if you're the devil, someone like maybe Martin Burdick. Uh, but outside of that, I, I can't think of a reason why the Rangers potentially just play better with Ronta. And it has to be something that the defense feels like Lundqvist can bail them out more than Ronta can. So they just take more chances. Other than that, I, I don't think there could be anything else that would explain it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually 100% with you. You know, that's something we talked about when I was working. A little bit of humble brag here. When I was an intern at West Point Military Academy, shout out to my old life. And we, I was doing mental skills training. You know, when, when you're working with the better player, you seem to let your guard down even if you don't don't know that your body's doing that. So in your mind, Hank, like we said, we, was, we were very surprised he didn't start uh, in Chicago in the back-to-back. Uh, but when, you know, Ronta takes the net, you're not sure he's, he's the sure thing, whereas Hank in your head is the sure thing. So you actually play up to an ability to protect that guy, just like you said. Um. Last two questions here. How much would it take, or how much money would it take, for you to get in the ring with Klein? And that's from Asuka underscore Reddit. Uh, I just have to get in the ring with him, right? I'll have to win. Yeah, just get in the ring. <laughs> like, we're I just... Need you, man. Give me $100. Give yeah. me $100. I'm fine. I'll do 50 money I can use. I'll do 50 If I'm fighting him, I'm going to need about ten grand. i am going to need about no, 10 grand. you can punch me in the face. I'd go down for $100. No problem. Yeah, that's probably true. That's actually a great story. That's actually also helping Klein, if you're listening. You want to punch one of us in the face for $100? I'm in. I'll do it. Uh, and last so question. Me, punch, punch Ryan, give me the $100. Yeah, punch, punch me, give Greg the 100 And here's the last question. And if you didn't hear your question this week, you're definitely hearing it next week. 
This really isn't a question, but it's been a statement, and I'm surprising you with this one, Greg. I've just been waiting for the latest installment of Jew or Not Jew by Survive in Advance. Now, I've looked up a figure from the past who, and we're going to play Jew or Not Jew, and you're going you're gonna to name his Jew score. Jeff, feel free to play also. And this is from JewOrNotJew.com. Wilt Chamberlain, what is his Jew score? Uh, now, is the question how much he is or how many he's been with? No, it's, it's what is his... <laughs> No, uh, the how many he's been with the over under is set at I believe eight hundred. So uh, I I would say a few of them have rubbed off on him. Hey, 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 me too. You're going so you're you're going with a four, Jeff. What are you going? With? Four. What what is this on the scale of? Uh, the highest I think we've ever seen is eighteen. So All right, I'll go. I'll go seven. He is officially a five because he was good friends oh. with a Jewish family that owned a hotel, and he called them his second parents, and uh, he was part of the part of the family. So Wilt Chamberlain, it says here, sadly not a Jew, but a Jew at heart. So, uh, sur- surviving advance, you wanted your next installment of Jew or not Jew? We got it there for you, buddy. So I, I, I <laughs> that was just a little surprise for you. Sadly not a Jew. Anyway, thanks for uh, all listening today. Anything we want to touch on, Greg? Before you head out of here and head back to work. No, I don't know. All right. Jeff, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I hope uh, next Monday I can talk about a, a devil's wing. Oh, well, you know we don't hope that here. Uh, I hope for another five. <laughs> you think you're coming back on? <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if I survive this weekend. All right. Yeah, that's true. All oh. of us. All right. Oh, if yeah. you're at Mohegan Sun this weekend, hit us up on Twitter at O'Reilly Media or, or Caps Locked, Caps underscore Locked, and then say you want to see us play some blackjack. We'll be there doing that. I don't think Greg will leave the casino. If you keep looking hard enough, you will find him. Uh, you can follow yeah. us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, uh, Instagram Blue Shirts Breakaway, Facebook Blue Shirts Breakaway, website Blue Shirts Breakaway, Blue Shirts Breakaway, Blue Shirts Breakaway, Blue Shirts Breakaway. And that's it. Uh, I love you all, guys, and we'll see you next week. Greg, say goodbye. Goodbye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.